Well, hello, Internet. Welcome to the geekiest show online, really, anywhere. I hope everyone had a happy 2017. 2018 is creeping right up on us. What's up? I am R.D. Van Houten with Geektainment Weekly, joined with my two esteemed colleagues, Ian Benzman. Yo, yo. And as well, Andy Bishop. Hey, hey, hey. That was and silly. It's all good. We're having fun. We are. It's 2017. It's almost over. So it's our we, last show of 2017, too. It is. It is our last show of 2017. Yeah. And so we're going to do a best of show today. Woo! We're talking movies. We're talking TV. We're talking comics, video games. The best ofs. The best of the best of We've the all best got a list. Geek. We're all we're all in. All in. All in. All, all in, in, baby. And uh, I think we're going to start it right off with movies. All Woo! right. And I'm going to toss it over to Andy. All right. Well, you know, 2017 was a pretty decent year for movies. Uh, you know, it's funny, actually. RD and I were talking. We kind of thought it was a weak year. Yeah. I mean, I said decent. I didn't okay. say amazing. <laughs> I mean, there, there, were, there, were, there were some movies to me that really shined from the rest. Right. Um, I, I got I to gotta put Blade Runner on my list. Blade Runner 2049. Great movie. Um, you know, the plot is you know, uh, hair predictable. I was going to say, it was, I think it was a flawed masterpiece. I thought it was one that, of the most gorgeous films. That aside, it was gorgeous. gorgeous. It was just a beautiful movie. You know, I feel like Ryan Gosling did a great job in the role. And, of course, you know, good old uh, Harrison Ford. Who doesn't? Uh, I'm back here. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, and I'm just a huge Ridley Scott fan, you know? Yeah, I think Ridley Scott kills it. Actually, I, you know, sorry to keep interrupting, Andy. Um, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, speaking of Ridley Scott, that, that canceled um, Alien 5 movie that Blomkamp was doing. Right. Um, apparently, there might be some motion on it um, now that Disney owns Alien. I did hear um, that. They put out some concept art. Um, nothing Nothing major. But I, I got to say, the handful of concept photos I've seen from this movie going back a few years now, yeah. I'm so bummed it didn't happen. So bummed. Well, you know, speaking of aliens, uh, exploring other other realms and in, in universes, I'm going to have to put Thor Ragnarok on my list, too. It's a good one. Mm. And, you know, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed, you know, Chris Hemsworth's performance. Uh, of course, I'm a huge Jeff Goldblum nut, but more so than anything... Uh, 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 I do because uh, I'm uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, I'm uh, saying who, who doesn't? Jeff Goldblum. Who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? Uh, 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 you just go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> that was a terrible Goldblum impression. Please don't sue me, Jeff. Um, but give more, us free shit, though. Yes, free shit. More so than anything, I do have to give props to Taika, oh, the director of the film. You know, I love what we do in the shadows. I love Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, his film Boy was really good as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it showed what he can do with the big budget, mm-hmm. with with uh, a property that fits in a big universe like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and given, you know, some freedom. You know, and obviously it was the, the, the most hilarious out of the, the Thor trilogy, but it wasn't, it, it fit still. It didn't feel like it was forcefully funny. You know, I really I thought it did fit very well. I did get what you're saying. It fit very well yeah. tonally in the Marvel universe, but at the same time was hands down leaps and bounds the best Thor film. Oh, That's what I, I agree. Yeah, definitely the best. That's Thor why film. it's on my list. I would have never put Thor one or Thor two. No, on I've that been list. I've been saying for a long time. I as as much as I've enjoyed them, a bad Marvel movie is better than most other you know 
DC cough coughs attempts at superhero films. But I gotta say, Thor one and Thor two are easily my least favorite of each of their phases that they came out in. Right, right. Yeah, they were just kind of like I bought Thor uh, Dark World just so I could have the the short All Hail the King with the uh, oh, it's so good the Mandarin, which mm-hmm. is it's it's. I'm so happy they did that too because after we I walked out of Iron Man three, I turned to my buddy. I said, if they really want to pull a real Marvel. They're going to reveal that the Mandarin is real and that he set up everything in all three of these movies to get Tony Stark's guard down. And then the fourth movie, if it ever happens, is the Mandarin. Because that's yep. what happened in the comics. That's that's literally a couple years ago, the big last Mandarin story arc. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. And, you know, I... You know, I am a huge Iron Man fan. I hear the shorts are actually going to start making a comeback. Which is good. But I am a huge Iron Man right. fan. And speaking of Iron Man... Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. I think that's the one movie that's universally on all of our lists. Right. And and I just, I think that the movie was the perfect Spider-Man movie. It was like the greatest. It was good. uh, Adaption of the character. uh, Yeah, I mean. Without question. We saw a great version of Peter Parker. The best. You know, it's it's hard to, because they're they're the same character, but essentially they're, they're kind of two different people. And and to 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 portray them both correctly, yeah. you know, to show frightened Peter that's like uh, unsure of himself, right. and an overconfident, cocky Spider-Man, you know, yeah. and not make it feel like two separate entities, but one guy. Yeah, I was really happy to not get another origin story. Yes. I thought they did a really oh, good job. Thank God, they didn't even mention Uncle Ben once. They did. They? It. I will they, say they kind of did. That was they my one. That was bit. my one issue with the film. Honestly, they, was that they they. Uh, you can skip the origin, but the with great power comes right. great responsibility. Yeah. It's kind of like a cornerstone of the character, and right. they kind of skirted around it. Well, um, which is a nitpick. It so it's a nitpick. Times. Don't get me wrong; it's a nitpick. But like, like Didn't what, Tony for me, Stark one of the something like that. Well, that one of the coolest like, things. Kind of robbed that line. One of the coolest things for me, um, in the Infinity War trailer was the spider sense tingling because they, yeah. they avoided that and yeah. that's almost one of the first shots in the new trailer is mm-hmm. his hair standing up on edge and him being like what's going on right I loved that um, I thought that was a brilliant a brilliant way that they put that in there absolutely like, you know showing spider-man's abilities and, and, and powers because that's something but, they avoided in, in homecoming which isn't necessarily necessarily an issue I don't think because right. they did a very good job of of giving us aspects of the character that are very much the aspects of the character but yeah. not necessarily done in that specific way or that specific form or uh-huh. I, I love Homecoming. And I love even the homage though, to the Hughes movies, just it, everything. And even though it was like a new Spider-Man movie, them avoiding the origin story, yeah. they kind of very organically got it in there, you know, like with the dialogue, like, oh, yes. yeah, I got bit by a spider. Right. Yes, right, yes, right. it hurt. Yeah. And, like, they did kind of, he did kind of mention, you know, I can't do this to May after all that she's been through. Yeah. Oh, I, I love point, do but that they didn't, like, reference. start saying, what would your Uncle Ben do? And just, like, right. making him a center yeah. point of the story. I, I'm very happy with how they did it. Yeah. I, I thought the first time we got a proper 100% perfect version of Spider-Man on the screen was the 15 minutes he's in Civil War. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, he's my favorite character Possibly in all of fiction, let alone comic books. So I like how they brought in the 21st century. He's taking the selfies, yes. like the selfie videos. The, it starts the movie. The out one with him thing that I had a nitpick about video. was his Star Wars joke in Homecoming or in Civil War, because like he would know what Star Wars right. is. Come on. Well, I think that was before. That might have been sarcasm. I was hoping. I thought that I mean, was before the acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the whole thing with Spider-Man is he he talks his ass off to piss off his 
opponents so he can like get the upper hand while they're like more pissed at him than thinking about what's going on. Right. And I thought they did a great job with that in Homecoming. You know, I think the, Civil War. The big the the big selling point besides the fact I'm obviously a huge Iron Man fan. And I was so happy that it was enough Tony Stark but not too much to steal the spotlight mm-hmm. and enough Iron Man to make me happy. Right. But the vulture what uh, a yeah. terrific Fantastic. villain. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, Michael Keaton, that man it. can do yeah. just about anything. About yeah. anything. For except real. Except play a good Batman. <laughs> but I'm in the minority on that well, one, so. <laughs> I felt like his Batman was okay. Everyone loves his Bruce Wayne and his Batman. I just can't do it. I dig him. I, yeah, and everyone else does. It's just a, it's a nitpicky thing for me. I think it has more to do with Tim Burton than him. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see that for sure. Tim Burton is... Uh, <laughs> Acquired taste, I feel like. You know, yes and no. I feel like a lot of the stuff he did in the 90s, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. And he didn't even direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that until a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. He did not direct that. Yeah. Um, but that and, like, you know, Edward Scissorhands and um, Beetlejuice, those are fantastic films. Yeah. Michael um, Keaton, though. I can't. That's true. Michael Keaton did <laughs> yeah. make Beetlejuice. I, I just did. can't pick out a single Tim Burton film that I've enjoyed, let alone not been enraged at walking out of. I, I cannot tell mm-hmm. you how angry I was walking out of Alice in Wonderland. I just feel uncomfortable when I watch Tim Burton movies. There's just something about them that makes me uneasy. You, you should creepy. You should yeah. watch um, The Death of Superman Lives, the documentary about the, the Superman movie that him and Nicolas Cage almost did. Oh, boy. All of Tim Burton's interviews are done in his basement. Oh, boy. And it's it. there's just, like, gothic statues in the back of this dark and dim, oh, creepy-ass basement. And, like, yeah, it's, it's like that would totally be Tim Burton's fucking basement. Right. Well, speaking of creepy, that brings me to my next point. Uh, yes. uh, on my list uh, would be Get Out. Get Out! That was a fantastic movie. I, I love the comedy stylings of Key and Peele, and I think that, that Jordan Peele, you know, kind of, you know, diverting his, his uh, creative juices mm-hmm. to something more you know, dark and yeah. and not so comedic. Yes, there were funny moments. The, it was satirical, I'd the, the, say. The, the TSA. TSA. Yes, the yeah. TSA guy, absolutely hilarious. But and I, some people say it's a horror film. Some people don't. I'm not a big horror movie guy. I go with thriller. I think it's a socio-political horror film. Exactly. Mm. And it's just, that's the thing. It just made me realize at that point that there, uh, there are so many different types of horror movies out there. And uh, especially, this isn't on my list, obviously, because this didn't come out this year, but Prisoners. Oh, the director, the director of Prisoners Wave, was asked what type of movie this is. And he said, oh, it's a horror film. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he said, you ask any parent that, that, that has Jackman been... movie, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. You ask any parent that's ever had their kid abducted or taken, yeah. and they're going to tell you that they're living a real-life horror movie. And that movie. actually yeah. comes back to Blade Runner 2049, which he also exactly. directed. Exactly. Yeah. He's a, exactly. He is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Arrival was fantastic. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, except for the little bit of predictability that I thought I saw. Um is one of the most gorgeously shot. I would oh say that's Kubrick-level shots in that film. Um, and that's, that's, that's Deakins, a bold right? statement. That was Roger Deakins. I believe Roger Deakins was a cinematographer on that. Um, and That's got to be a Deak Deak. Deakins was Nolan's guy for a long time. Um, trying to think of what else he did. He stepped Actually, the first film that Nolan didn't use him as a cinematographer in a very long time was because he went off and directed, um, what's that movie with Johnny Depp, where Johnny Depp puts himself into a computer? Oh, um... um Talk. Yeah, because De- Deacon's no, 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 no. no, no. That's, that's it's what trans- transcendence. Okay. transcendence. Yeah, yeah. De- Deacon's. He did. You know, he did Skyfall, um, which I think is hands down leaps and bounds. Like I love, love Goldeneye. That mm-hmm. was my first experience with Bond. Daniel Craig. 
I mean, uh, Pierce, Brosnan Pierce Brosnan is my Bond. Yeah, he's a, um, agreed. I don't think there is a Bond film that comes close to Skyfall in terms of Bond films, in terms of really, in terms of skill of the the film itself. It is just beyond gorgeous. Um, See, I've only seen like the Daniel Craig Bond films only one time. Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm a like, giant Neh. Bond fan. I have that big 50th anniversary Blu-ray set that has all the movies. Right. Um, I love, I, I love Bond. Um, I, I'm, I know I'm also in the minority in this. I'm not a big Roger Moore fan. Mm. Um, I love Connery, um, and honestly, Lazenby, his movie would have been probably the best one if Connery was in the role. Lazenby's the guy who played it right. once. He was right. the, he was the model. Right. Um, and even the Timothy Dalton films, I think they're very of the times. They're very gritty. They're very 80s. Mm. Yeah, uh, just to go back to your question, uh, yeah, it was Roger Deakins yeah, that and did he, shoot and he's, it. For those of you who don't know, he's done Shawshank he's Redemption, Fargo, Beautiful Mind, Skyfall, Sicario. Basically any movie that you watch and go, that is yeah, the most gorgeous It's either him seen. or um, Chivo. What's his, what's his real uh-huh. name? Emmanuel Lubezki. Yeah. The guy who's won three fucking cinematographer. Best, that's insane. You make me yeah, sick, Chivo. He's, he's so incredible. Emmanuel Lubezki. Uh, you know, you he did, too. He did Revenant and um, he did freaking um, What's the Woman's Space? I can't think of it. Gravity? Gravity, Gravity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's fantastic. You Those know, two are probably the top of the cinematography pile. And there are so many movies, guys. That so many movies that have tremendous lighting and cinematography and directing mm-hmm. and stories. And and there, but there's one movie that this year I felt encaptured the heart of filmmaking, the heart and passion of what it means to follow your dreams. And that would be the Disaster Artist. Yep. As you know, dear <laughs> listeners and viewers. I'm a huge Tommy Wiseau fan, mm-hmm. huge fan of The Room. Uh, I go and see it every time. I've met him a couple times. Uh, if you haven't watched The Room, watch it at like a theater. It's like a Rocky Horror. Yeah. You have to go with Rocky the style. It's style. Not, you're not going to have the same experience right. if you watch it at home by it's yourself. Su- it's such an awful movie. But The Disaster Artist is based on Greg Sestero's book, which right. was the co-star of The Room. Uh, and... And it really paints Tommy Wiseau in a light that's like, you know what? He followed a dream. And James Franco said it best. How can this be a bad movie if we're making a movie about it? There's something to wow. this movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie, but at the same time, it's not a bad movie because it's brought so many well, people at, together. At the heart of itself, it's no different than George Lucas trying to make Star Wars. Exactly. Right. It's the difference is Star Wars just ended up being Star Wars right. and The Room ended up being The Room. But they could have easily not went that I'm the comparing route, the quality well, right. of those two films even remotely. Right. Well, no. maybe maybe you know uh, episode one or two could be quoted. Yeah, maybe episode two. Yeah, with all the, the blue screen that was unnecessary. But you know what though? He did. I, I I understand what he was doing. He was trying to do what he did in the seventies with with creating the VFX studio, creating you know Lucas Art, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He was trying to do that, but modern. And I get it. And and if it wasn't for him doing that with the prequels, there wouldn't you know we would never have gotten Avatar, which I would have been fine with. Um, you know, a lot of the technological yeah. advancements that we see now, the, mm-hmm. Andy Serkis is. Um, everyone hates Jar Jar. You would not be getting Andy Serkis doing Caesar in mm. these Planet of the Apes movies if not for what they did. I think Ahmad Best is the actor's name. Mm. That's um, true. He is mm-hmm. shit on in the history of film because he played Jar Jar. But if yep. it wasn't for him, there's. You know, you don't even know the stuff we would have missed out on. That's very true. How do you feel about the drunken monkey theory of Jar Jar Binks being the uh, Phantom? No, Menace? I think he's the Fall Guy. Oh, okay. I think Jar Jar is the Fall Guy. Yeah, scapegoat. I, I think I think basically George Lucas is like, well, shit, everyone hates this guy anyway. I'm gonna yeah. make him the reason there's an Empire. Yeah, hmm. and but you know, I think that 
they 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 very well could have easily just ripped Tommy Wiseau apart in this movie. They could have made fun of him. They could have just made every joke they could. But they tended to stay towards like yes. He had some crazy theories. Yes, the situation was ridiculous, and there were some strange things that happened. I still don't get why they filmed that scene on the roof in front of a green screen. Well, <laughs> they, that's, well Ian, that's how they do it in Hollywood, okay? You know, you have to do it like uh, Hollywood people so people watch a movie, okay? Don't, okay. don't ask questions. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so that those, those are my top five favorite movies. And, you know, I'm kind of interested. Ian, what are your top five favorite movies? You know, I... I have been insanely busy this year, um, so I I still haven't seen the Disaster Artist. I still haven't seen a Lady Bird. I mm-hmm. still haven't seen I haven't seen like any of the big Oscar films. The one I'm waiting for the most is Phantom Thread. You got Paul Thomas Anderson and you got freaking uh, Daniel Day Lewis, who is I think when it comes to actors, there's him and there's there's freaking right there's um. Marlon Brando. Yeah. Those two are like Daniel Day Lewis is my all time favorite yeah, actor. No, I think they're and you know who I think Gary has a Oldman's chance to up be there too. Yes. I didn't know what Gary Oldman actually looked like until I was a teenager. Yeah. Because that guy's a fucking chameleon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's like him, Meryl Streep, Brando. Mm-hmm. There's just like a layer of and honestly, I think Paul Dano is almost there. Because mm-hmm. if you watch there will be oh, blood, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis argue argumentatively gives the best performance of his historical career, and Paul Dano almost shows him up multiple times in that movie. It's pretty astonishing. Um, but anyway, um, as I have not seen a lot of the films this year, I try to he, stick more he's to the Eli, right? Yes, yeah, right. he's the brothers. Yeah, yeah. he's the twins. The um, twins. I try to stick to more geek type films. Um, if you want to see what my full top ten list will be, check out the Facebook, page. the Facebook or whatever. We'll post it there or whatever when I actually have seen everything. We'll compile um, our list and social media. Yes, it. absolutely. And and so I didn't do it. Uh, this is number one. This is number two. This number, except for number one, my number one movie of the year without question is Dunkirk. Um, it is a masterpiece. <sighs> Christopher Nolan has done it yet again. Um, I love that movie to death. Mm-hmm. I think it is. If you haven't seen it, it, there's a very masterful way that they kind of bring the entire story together because the beginning of the film you're like what's going on I don't really get it and then it starts to, and you're like oh and right. then you find if it's it is no one makes movies like Christopher Nolan yeah I'm a huge Nolan buff and I'm ashamed uh, well, that I haven't seen Dunkirk well, ashamed yeah, that's the thing about amazing like okay so we were talking about 2017 and the year in film it, and we were talking about it before the show it's kind of a laxed year as far as filmmaking went like yes. i was looking over all the films that were released in 2017 and it's like christopher nolan came out with a movie in 2017 it's on my top you know you just it's like you've it, it, it'll it'll make a list. It'll make your top ten pretty yeah. much guaranteed. But Dunker, or, Dunker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything he anything, makes. Anything, anything, anything he makes. And I'll tell you this. I love Interstellar. I'm not one of those people who's unapologetic. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I had issues with Interstellar. I did. Plot issues. Very predictable plot issues. I think it's long enough to talk about it now. Yeah. Um. It pretty much. I've the, seen the, Interstellar. The, Go the ahead. The second <laughs> that she started talking about the ghost in her room right. as a person. I'm like, that's Matthew McConaughey oh, at the yeah, end of the movie. For sure. And it kind of took me out of it. But then the, the spectacle of that film just pulled me right back in. I think, I think the whole Matt Damon surprise You know, it's really funny. When they originally cast the movie, he was in the original press release. And then they just never mentioned him again. I totally forgot. And then when he popped up, I'm like, I forgot Matt Damon's in this fucking movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, Dunkirk's incredible. If you haven't seen it yet, go go buy it. Go buy it and watch it three yeah. times. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're World War Two or World War 
two fan. Yeah, World War Two fan, and it's it's an amazing, amazing um, film, without question. Um, so number two, also on Andy's list, was a Thor Ragnarok. That's right. Um, because it is that good. Um, I, I tend to generally be like, I don't know how Marvel's gonna top themselves, and they keep mm-hmm. doing it. Um, the only the only thing is my problem with guardians 2 is that it wasn't guardians 1 right i don't have a single issue with it beyond that it just wasn't as it didn't pull me in like the first one did yeah um that being said marvel did like the ones that are coming out black panther looks Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. and and they're starting Mm -hmm. to put fantastic talent behind it too you have taika waititi who i could not bang the drum more for what we do in the shadows Mm -hmm. i watched that movie three times in a row when i first saw it because um, I watched it, and then I was like, "You guys, you have to watch this." And I watched it with people, and then like people who didn't watch it the second time, like you guys, you. And then there's all these yep. people who are like, "Oh, you need to watch it too." Um, there's literally been one person I've told to to watch this movie that did not like it, hmm. um, and and his favorite actor is Keanu Reeves, and freaking. Um, so he doesn't count as a person. No, he loves the jerk, and he lo- like the movie What's The Jerk. Wrong with Nothing's the jerk? wrong with the jerk, but his favorite movies are like Hot Rod and. What's wrong and, with Hot oh, Rod? Right, when, you, when you talk about your favorite <laughs> uh, and best, he thinks John Leguizamo is one of the best actors around. Uh-oh. I love John Leguizamo. He's not bad. But he's not, a, you know, yeah. he loves Kurt Russell. Everyone loves Kurt Russell. But my point is, is, is his, his and my film taste don't necessarily always click. Right. Um, but Taika Waititi knocks out of the park with Thor. You see some awesome stuff that you want to see as a comic book fan. Um, getting you know as you, you know about all the there's all the things with Hulk and not being able to do a Hulk solo film and all that stuff and them kind of weary about doing it um, because of the lukewarm reception to the first two. Um, I think getting the world the bulk of the World War, War Hulk story uh, that we got to see mm-hmm. in Thor was fantastic. I think like you said tonally, um, mm-hmm. there's a little more jokey than the other Thors, but I think it fit very well within the rest of Marvel. Very universe. colorful. Yes, absolutely. Oh, Very colorful, yeah. gorgeous-looking Marvel the film. The color and, palette was phenomenal. And I think phenomenal. the reason that supposedly the Marvel executives loved The Last Jedi is the same reason that a lot of us love Thor. There's that comedy, and it fits with the Marvel Universe. It doesn't fit with Star Wars. There's right. a time and a place for a specific kind of joke here and joke there, but when there's a... I can't even say it. Was it a little it's still overdone. so close yet. It was a little overdone. Um, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. Uh, we probably wait a little let's, bit longer. Let's wait. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Chances are you're we'll a loser. We'll do an episode It came out two yet, weeks ago. I mean, we, we'll, we'll give it one more week. Yeah. We'll give it another we'll week, and then it, we'll do that spoiler spoiler version. Yeah, online. we'll give it till 2018. Um, and then go. after yeah. Thor Ragnarok, um, you got Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. is the one movie that is on all three of our list, and and I think there's a reason for that. Yep. Um, you know, you finally Marvel is finally, and now they do. They have all of their toys in the sandbox again with the Marvel and right. the Disney and Sony. And, Which you know, one thing <sighs> we ha- all this time that we've been talking about that particular buyout, we never talked about the price of it. I don't the think they mentioned it. The total value of is approximately a sixty-six point one billion dollars. Is that what deal. they paid, or is that what the value is? So, Disney. To buy 21st Century Fox assets, a deal worth more than 52 billion in stock. Ooh. The deal has a total value of approximately 66.1 billion. You know what the wild thing is? With Disney Mar- assuming Marvel will 13. make their money back on that within 10 years, just for Marvel characters, right, right. nothing else. Right. I mean, I I don't know the numbers for sure, but I'm pretty certain they made their money back on the Star Wars deal before Force Awakens even came out. But just the, the toys. But they also yeah. acquired their debt. 
which was $13.7 billion. But, but now you look at Disney and you have, yeah. you know, the whole Marvel house is under one banner again, mm-hmm. which I could not be more excited about. Another I'll touch on that in a second because there's some pretty cool rumors coming out now. Um, yeah, and then you have, but you got stuff like Alien. Alien's now owned by Disney. Yeah. Um, you have stuff like, this is kind of funny, the 1960s Adam West Batman show. Right. Technically, distribu- distribution rights are now owned by Marvel. Um, and that was actually the big holdup with putting out a DVD set originally, was that is that Warner Brothers didn't own the rights to his Fox. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of shit like that, that. Like, for example, I never knew Anastasia wasn't a Disney movie. Right now it is. At what point? Um, at what point do you have a monopoly in in, in film? Oh, they've passed that point. Yeah, the, right. the, the only thing is, I think the reason they don't have a monopoly or has, have been called out for it yet is because there are still other giant studios like Warner Brothers and like it'd be one thing if if Warner Brothers is like fuck it, we're just gonna sell a Disney DC. Monopoly is just a game, Senator. I'm here to rule the fucking world. <laughs> and speaking of DC, um, since we already kind of went on about Spider-Man Homecoming a little bit, um, a lot of it, <laughs> I could literally do a four-hour show about why Marvel getting Spider-Man is the greatest thing to happen in superhero films in 20 years, but that's another episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. Four-part episode. <laughs> um, Lego Batman. Mm. Yeah! I cannot tell you how much I love this movie. I love the um, Lego movie. What did I tell you, when, Alfred? Well, the Lego, the Lego film is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it surprised the hell out of me. Me too. Um, I, I wasn't expecting much, and then I saw it. It killed me. I was dying. I was yeah. dying. I own it. It's I bought one of those it. ones that I've watched a million love times. That. I can watch it on, in the background. I yeah. love that movie. Um, but Lego Batman... I think Will Arnett's my favorite Batman. He is. He, so, <laughs> but, nah, Kevin Conroy. But so, it's funny. I walked out of Lego Batman. My buddy's like, what do you think? And I go, I'll be honest with you. The Dark Knight is a cinematic masterpiece that will never be matched or topped. But Lego Batman's the best Batman movie ever made. Because there's things you can do in an animated film that are at the core of the character that mm-hmm. you can't get away in live action. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the cheesier stuff, quote unquote, you can't get away with in a live action film that you could do... In you know the whole thing in Lego Batman about how the Joker just wants him to Batman to tell him that he's his greatest enemy. You can't do stuff like that, right. you no. know. And, and and some of the great stuff in the Dark Knight they touch on that the themes of that, how there is no Joker without Batman, there's no Batman without Joker. They're destined to play this game forever. Right. That's so true. Um, but there's stuff you can't you just can't do in live action that they could get away with. Like, why is Batman awesome? Because Batman can sit on a bat water ski and eat lobster thermidor then have a guitar solo right afterwards because he's fucking Batman. He's Batman. And it's the ridiculous shit like that you can't get away with in live action. But right. at the core of the character, like even in The Dark Knight Rises, that mo- first two-thirds of that movie are perfect. Last act of that film it just goes pew, downhill. And it's like realism, realism, realism for two and two-thirds movies. And, and then basically... I have to imagine if you went to Christopher Nolan and said, "How did he do this?" Mm-hmm. His answers would be, "Well, he's fucking Batman." Right. Because there's some things that happen at the end of that movie that it's are like just that's ba- very true. Like because he's Batman, know, and it's like in Star Wars, the Force is it's because right. of the Force. That's not how the Force works, <laughs> but that's how Batman works. Right. Um, and then the last one on my list was actually Netflix. Mm-hmm. A Netflix. This is the first year a Netflix film has made it onto my end of the year list. Um, Okja. Mm. Um, Okja. Okja from oh, I can't remember his name, but the director who did. Um, Snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie. Um, which was fantastic, and I give him mad props because he actually went up against the Weinsteins when the Weinsteins were still the fucking Weinsteins a couple years ago. And uh, Boon, uh, it's uh, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Um, he, they, um, they wanted to, um, they wanted to release it a more Americanized cut um, right. with a lot of it cut out and this and that. 
and he fought really, really, really hard to make sure that didn't happen. And it went from being a film that was going to be a wide release to a super small release, but he got to keep the film he wanted intact. Now, mm -hmm. Ian, could you explain what an Americanized version yes. was? So if, if you watch international film and you watch American film, right. there's a lot of big differences. Mm -hmm. um, in American film, you have a lot quicker cuts. Um, the action shots are very much quick cuts here or there because you have stunt people doing these things and they don't want to show that mm -hmm. also the american attention span supposedly is way shorter whereas when you watch films like and i personally i'm sorry think, i tuned out to you exactly <laughs> um and, and i think when you personally my favorite films outside of american films and and they might even be on par is um is is korean films south korean films mm. there's just a litany of incredible films coming out of south korea for the last handful of years you have the mm -hmm. good the bad and the weird um, that was which great. I cannot speak more highly of. I love that movie. I own it. I went out and bought it right after. Have to after oh, it's I'll let you borrow it. It is Fantastic. it is amazing. It's one, probably my favorite western ever. Mm -hmm. Wow, um, that's saying something. No, it's incredible. It's it's really cool how they mix like the the cultures of like of like Mongolia and like Japan. It's just really cool how the film works out. It has the greatest fucking shootout in like. It's awesome. Um, the movie starts with a gorgeous sequence about a robbery on a train, and it just goes uphill. It just goes uphill from there. It's fantastic. But so Okja um, is his first film after Snowpiercer, and it is amazing. The cast is incredible. You have Paul Dano in it, who, I, like I said, can't speak more highly of. Um, you have Stephen Yun, mm -hmm. Michigan mm -hmm. Michigan native. Mm -hmm. um, just a fantastic uh, freaking, what's your, Tilda Swinton's in it. Yeah, great, right. great as usual. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic in it. Um, the movie, it's really great. Um, I think it has a great comment comment on like modern society in terms of products and the stuff that we as consumers don't necessarily want to know, but we kind of know. See, so I didn't make it all the way through the end of that movie because I didn't want to be sad. No, it's a real happy ending. Okay, Don't. Good. I'm not going to say the, anything more than that. I'm not going to say any more enough. than that. That's enough, because I'll finish it. Still it. Is, it go watch it. It is incredible. Um, I just was like, I, this is going to make me sad. Amazing. That's what I thought when I first started watching it, and I was like, not in a place to like be sad at that time. So Fair I was enough. like, you know. I avoid certain eh, movies and, yeah. and things because I, I don't want to be put into, you know, absolutely. Right. Um, I, but this was like, for example, this was, I think it was in competition for the Palme d'Or, mm -hmm. the cons, yeah. which is saying something. When you have a film like this, mm -hmm. um, it was incredible. I I could not could not recommend seeing it more. Um, I, you know, there's a couple other films that I really wanted to put on the list, just couldn't fit them. Um, Your honorable mention. Oh, yeah, you know, you got, you got Logan, which was great, and and yep. and and I love Logan. I do. It's up. It's probably second best X film to Deadpool. Yeah, if you like Logan, you got to um, watch Logan Noir. But I, the question, I, oh, it's amazing. But the mm -hmm. the question I ask myself is, do we all love Logan that much because it's the first time they've really let the character yeah, go, right. or is it really that good? That's a good question. You know, because That's it's the really first time question. they've really let Hugh Jackman off the chains and let him be what more Wolverine of what Wolverine should, should be. be yeah. Um. And it's a question I ask myself because I watch it. I've watched it a handful of times since it came out, and I, I just I can't, I can't tell. I enjoy it. I know I enjoy it, but do I enjoy it because I hated every other version, like every other they've given us of that character so far? You know, Hugh Jackman's grown into the role. Absolutely, right. he's Wolverine to everyone, but that's not Wolverine. It's not. It's See, not. It's just not. 
I don't know. There's just something You're about right. there's something about a ninety-something-year-old uh, Professor X dropping f-bombs and oh, and he's great. Know, Patrick Stewart losing is, his mind. It, and for all the complaints that I have about the X-Men, I think films, it was a good movie. Yeah. I could it's not say a list. bad thing about Patrick no, Stewart. That as is Professor Charles Xavier. X. He yep. is Charles Xavier. And X thirteen or X twenty-three. Twenty-three. She killed it. Yeah, the actress who played her yeah. was great. Um, X twenty-three. Like I said, though, I don't know if it's because it was so different than everything we've seen before, or if it legitimately. Because they dropped it February or March. March, January yeah. to March is generally where the studios put their, eh, it might do okay films. You know? Um, that's why Coen Brothers films either come out yeah, in I December to, or January. I had to double check if it was a 2016 or 17 release. Same, Lego Batman was, was February. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, those early movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. That can make my list. Logan Very made my so. list. No, I, and, and honestly, it almost made mine. It yep. did almost make mine. It's pretty up there. So, RD, what was on your list? So, my number five, which we have we have touched on, um, is Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan movie released right. in 2017. Like I said, it's making my top five. Dope. Just you know, good. It's that good. You know, it's, it's so good. good. It's so good that you don't even need to see it to be in your top Ex- five. Exactly. List. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it almost honestly made mine, but I felt bad because I hadn't seen it. Well. Um. Moving on. Now, I had to put this on the list because I just had to. But at the same time, I feel like, again, I'm kind of in the minority out of the the three of us. But I enjoyed Star Wars The Last Jedi. Okay, let's... I'm going to jump here in the middle and play Mr. Devil's Advocate because I liked it the first time and I enjoyed it as a movie not as a Star Wars film. Then I went and saw it again. And mm-hmm. both times I saw it in IMAX, which if, you, if you're going to see that movie, see it in IMAX. Right. I mean, my if you was... have the option to go see something at the Henry Ford, oh, go fucking man. see it. Henry Ford IMAX. And they, they Where, I don't care if it's movies. fucking Elmo and Grouchland. Go wherever you're it. watching this us, wherever you're watching us right. in the country, in the United States, come to Detroit. Fly all the way here. And come to the Henry Ford Museum and see... Anything, right? Yeah, whatever's theater. playing. Whatever, there, even if it's a documentary narrated by Leonardo it's DiCaprio be fucking about great. fish. But the second about climate time, change. the yeah. second time I saw it, I, you know, I talked to my wife afterwards, and my wife knows more about Star Wars than I do. I am not ashamed. I'm actually very proud to admit that. Yeah. That I found someone who's geekier I'll than me about a fan. She knows more than me, and I. Th- my wife oh, yeah. is still sore about the expanded universe being thrown out. Me yeah. too. Having said that, <laughs> I even am. She pointed out so many things that he not actually, only he just started reading the Thrawn trilogy. Oh yeah. 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 But having having seen the movie and say, and not only was it not a great Star Wars film, there were a lot of plot holes in it. Now. I don't want to sit here and get on the the Ryan Johnson shit train because you know what? Oh, he's a he great did, director. He did the, he did the best job that he could, and you know what? It's still a beautiful looking movie. The colors, the the imagery, the the VFX, oh, it all look fantastic. We got one of the most gorgeous looking lightsaber scenes but in the entire saga. The plot holes and and all that he did, just there, really. Just pulled me out of it. Like, it, why did why did she? Uh, well, we can't talk. No, about we can't this. talk about it. You know, um, but there was a lot of. Uh, I felt like fuck yous to J.J. Abrams too. You like, know, like I thought it. There's a lot see, of undoing. This is what I was things. saying when we talked about it briefly uh-huh. last week. Is that they didn't have a plan for the entire trilogy in place mm-hmm. when, when they started. In fact, J.J. Abrams supposedly just pitched his episode nine a few weeks ago, um, because I have a feeling he had an original idea for what 
the story would go. Mm -hmm. And then they totally just kind of blew that up in Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. um, I won't go into more detail, but they basically blow up every single thing that we sat and waited and wondered about for two years, just threw it out the fucking window. If we could only get a hold of that script. I would have loved to have yeah, seen right. what J.J. Abrams... I, I want to see what Lucas had planned for the original. So is Ryan trilogy. Johnson going to be doing episode uh, nine? No, no, that's J.J. And I'm okay. actually, I've never been so excited for J.J. Abrams to be on a film in my entire life. Because right. I, I... This is, to the core of it, without spoiling anything, Force Awakens felt like the original trilogy. Yep. Last Jedi felt like the prequels. And I think J.J. is going to hear... He's going to bring it back. He's going he's gonna to hear all the complaints the fans had and address some of them. Because That's what he's, he's a king of doing that. Let's face it. South Park addresses yeah, J.J. The national Abrams anthem like, thing yep, yep. is fantastic. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the fact that everybody J. J. With, Star, with Star Wars has in their own mind... One click before, before the... <laughs> God damn it. Before, before the movie even came out, before Force Awakens came out... Everybody had in their head what they wanted to see. Expanded universe people right. wanted to see this. Some people wanted to see that. You know, and but but the thing is like not everyone is gonna be happy. I get that. Was but was it the conversation that you and I were having that is like the people who wanted to see Empire who said they didn't want to see another version of Empire really wanted to see another version of Empire? I just wanted Empire. a continuation of what happened in The Force Awakens. Like you right. could have really seen Last Jedi as its own fucking thing and not missed a single beat. Which is a bummer, because I thought one of the best. I think one of the best parts of Star Wars is the deep and rich lore. It's it's this the universe itself, the mm -hmm. the ability to to have this. You know, the the films are supposed to be the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. That's the episodes. The anthology is supposed to be other stuff. Um, I, I think they did a great disservice to the lore of this universe with the Last Jedi. It was really closed off, yeah. wasn't it? It made you feel like yeah. these are. These are the three places we're going to be. It we're going to be in space. We're going to be on Luke's planet. We're going to be at the casino. It, it essentially almost soft rebooted the franchise, in a sense. I was right about Don't Join, by the way. About what? About DJ. Oh, whatever. Should have been Lando. He said Don't Join. He's like, Don't Join. Um, oh. Well, I'll say this. Yeah, that's I, right. I was so excited <laughs> when they announced Ryan Johnson was doing Last Jedi because I love Brick. I love Looper. I love Brothers Bloom is probably one of my favorite films of all time. Um, so I was, I could not have been more excited. And then right before the film came out, they're like, oh, we're letting him do a whole trilogy of movies. Yeah, blah, it blah, must blah, be. Blah. It must, it must be, be amazing. Problem, right? That's the problem. We all got hyped up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think the problem was is that the Disney executives saw a Disney movie and got super excited. Mm -hmm. And all of us saw a not Star Wars film and got very bummed. Yeah. Point. I bet you we... On on one of our other topics that we've been discussing with the Disney Fox thing, I think we will get that Fox fanfare before. I hope so. Nine. I want that more than anything. I think I, I don't I care think it'll if they come. if they never give us Wolverine in an Avengers film, if they never give us Deadpool crossing over with Spider Man, if we don't get any of that crap, but we get the fanfare back in front of Star Wars, mm -hmm. I'll be content. Um, that being said, that's an expensive so, fanfare. Giant giant rumor right now for Avengers 4. Um, so, a little backstory. Um, Lawrence Fishburne mm -hmm. is in Ant-Man and Wasp as a character. Mm -hmm. Separate character. Totally separate character. Now, for those of you who do know or don't know, Lawrence Fishburne was the voice of the Silver Surfer in the craptastic second Fantastic Four you movie. You mean the craptastic four? Oh, the craptastic yeah. four, too. Yes. Um, 
so he had an interview not too long ago where he talked about getting cast in Ant-Man and Wasp, and then he said he has something else really big with Marvel that he can't talk about that they're hoping will change everything. Well, here's what the rumor is. Silver Surfer might pop up in Avengers 4. That's the rumor. Herald of Galactus. That's exciting. Um, I think that would be incredible. I think if Marvel doesn't use Doctor Doom as their next big bad, Mm -hmm. they're, they're fucking up. So speaking of Marvel, my next two are, well, one is one that's been universally shared. Is my, my number three is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. And then, since we've addressed that enough, my number two was Logan. To be fair, we can never address Star Wars or Spider-Man Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I know, I know. But number two for me was Logan. Right. Now, that is a good question. Was Logan really a, a great movie or have or, we just been fed or, crap in or, terms or, of x-men films for so long well that is true we have been fed a lot of x-men crap on the screen but they have other villains it, besides yes. magneto like and striker strikers in one comic right, one right one right he's been in more movies than one fucking series magneto. or one one issue. oh one well it's like one little story okay one i want to see story. more mysterio like why don't we ever see mysterio that's spider-man but doesn't isn't and you would think that'd be perfect for a film but so yeah, okay. so big fishbowl right. and an old the man FX Logan. Dude. But in old man Logan, isn't Mysterio the one who causes Logan to like? Who, no. Who's no. the one? Who, who is the 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 villain who makes Logan think like all the X Men are villains in that comic? Oh, in the comic, yeah, it is Mysterio. It is yes, Mysterio. In the comic, right. it's Mysterio, but not in the movie. Right, and the that Mark Millar. Did yeah, that, if right? if yeah. you guys haven't read Old Man Logan. Fucking read Old Man yeah, Logan. It's it fucking is awesome. a masterpiece of comic book writing. Um, you get, you it's, get a, it's just beyond. You get incredible. an old man Logan Wolverine and a blind Hawkeye, which is incredible. Driving around, western style, just fucking shit up. And I believe the Hulk's in that, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. super uh, well, inbred. Um, the Hulk and his family, which it's is so funny. Super inbred. I family. always fucking get on what's his fucking name's case. Um, Who's the guy I hate on all the time? Who he was involved in the Dark Knight, and he's the one who Goyer? said Goyer. Oh yeah, David Goyer said the only reason She-Hulk was invented was because the Hulk needed someone to fuck, which is ridiculous. But in Old Man Logan, the only person strong enough to mm-hmm. have the Hulk's kids is his cousin, mm-hmm. um, and that's why they're all back, you know, inbred, whatever. Yeah. They're all hillbillies, whatever, but blah, 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 blah. Um, but it is, you get to see, like, the descendants of this character and that character it's and the, great. Red, the Red Skulls in it. It is amazing if you haven't. It's like the whole world is, it's like the whole world is sectioned off by different villain kingpins and etc. It's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's it's really good read if you haven't had a chance to check it out. Absolutely do so. Yep. And so my number one, switching it up a little bit out of the, uh, like, our geekdom, was uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. I absolutely love that movie. I thought it was great. The music was fucking phenomenal. Like, to me, if you can get great action sequences matched up with natural music, not just like, oh, I'm going to throw a track of music behind, like, this gunfight, but I'm going to make it natural in the movie. Right. That's fucking awesome. Every piece of music that was played was something that was he was listening to, he was whatever. Like, it was just... That was the other was movie that was very, almost on my list as well as Baby Driver. Yeah. Edgar was, Wright's just 
a, yeah. a level above everyone oh, yeah. else. He's fantastic. And that cast, the cast is great. Oh, incredible. Like, Actually, I you know, mean, he had a really good cast too. That I, I, I was toying with putting it on my list if we did top ten was Logan Lucky. Um, right. That yeah. had a fantastic cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen Daniel Craig do a role like that. That was great. And let's be honest, this is probably the last time that Kevin Spacey will really have a, a probably a, you know a job. A, <laughs> yeah. 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 This is his last good movie. Well, you go hey, back people. and you watch American Beauty, and you're like, wow, okay. Hey, people, quit touching That's people. It's not that, that hard. Don't yeah. touch people. Yeah, you know it's yeah. crazy. And stay all away from little sh- kids. Uh, it's crazy, all that shit. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And, yeah, Ugh. that's a whole rabbit Ladies hole. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we go on lots of rabbit holes, well, but that's this what is we one do. we're taking a detour yeah. from. Yeah, we, we were almost called we would we were almost called down the rabbit hole. That's what we were gonna call the show. <laughs> yeah, we were literally that, almost called so down the rabbit hole. So if you're wondering where the bunny ear logo comes from, that's it's where coming up from the rabbit hole. Now you know. But so baby driver, yep, John Han, all that I just I loved it. Jamie Foxx was even good in it, and and Jamie Foxx to me, like I could take him or leave him because to me he's kind of an over actor, but he was good in that movie. Yeah, I thought I liked it. Him. Fit, it fit. So R D, were you watching other things besides movies this year? Yes, I was. I am a TV buff. I definitely am a binge watcher. Mm. You know, so I get I get really into TV. Um, so yeah, I've got a top a top five. TV shows list as well of 2017. Now, Excellent. So number five for me, and it's just I have to have it on my list because the you, I, I, Game of Thrones is my favorite thing maybe ever. I love Game of Thrones as far as like fantasy, just the story. The, the world of Ice and Fire is just it's an amazing world. Um, so season seven of Game of Thrones was my number five. And, you know, yes, I have I have a lot of things to nitpick about it as a as a book fan and a fan of the literature. But we did get to see a lot of cool stuff. We got to this, see this guy comes in. How the fuck did they get that dragon out of the water? Yeah. Like you just watch every time I tell you fantasy Costco. That's how they did it. Yeah. Just bought some chains there. Well, because he's but, just like. But then the next episode, they're like, yeah. But I, but literally, you had just watched a frozen dude throw a fucking giant icicle at a fucking dragon, <laughs> okay. which caught on fire, see, and then so he falls into the water, and you're wondering how the fuck they get out this. of it. Yeah, because like, that's like going to watch Star Wars and be like, well, that ship would never work. Yeah, but the, the thing is with that is, is that George R. R. Martin takes so much time to make his fantasy worlds realistic. Like, he, he really takes takes into account time it takes to travel places. Like, the, the logistics of things. He really takes all that into account. And that actually, that is one thing I've been hearing from a lot of fans who have yeah. read the books, that they, that kind of fell apart this season. It totally did. And that's, like, where it was like, okay, so we've got scuba zombies now. And then literally in the next, <laughs> and then literally in the next episode, they're oh, like, I'm oh, yeah. Oh, I'm scuba zombie's father. <laughs> and then they're scuba like, yeah, Stan. no. No, no, yeah, they can't swim. So, Yeah. My Whatever. boy doesn't want to get in the tub. <laughs> I'm Scuba Stan, Scuba Steve's father. So, Have you, Scuba Steve? <laughs> but so the but the Blu-rays came out, and if you get a chance, there it's on YouTube. Even go check out the animated shorts, the uh, the history and lore. If you're not a book reader or whatever, they've got it's part of the special features. They do the animated history and lore that gives you more backstory. Um, Totally awesome. It's, it's different every season. And um, it's pretty exciting. And my number four, as far as television goes, was, um, again, 
like something from Netflix, which Netflix seems to be moving right up the the ladder and Netflix TV and is film. as relevant as Warner uh, Brothers or Fox. Absolutely, or, I guess not anymore. With Fox, they just but, modernized is all they did. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. Right, radio media. We're trying to take age old structures and modernize them. Right, right. So the Punisher. I fucking loved it. I finally finished it. Yes. I finally Bunch. finished it, and it was fucking great. Yeah. The Bunch. ending was Those great. last two episodes. So good. So great. Well, because so this whole time, you're, you're, you know, uh. Billy, his, his yeah. buddy Billy, he is Jigsaw in the comics. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, how is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And they did not disappoint. I and won't I spoil know. it. I won't not spoil it. Not at all. They did not disappoint. So you've everyone's finished. We've we yes. finished. It's, We're finished. Yes, it's I think, great. I think it's it's probably been long enough. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, spoiler alert. Maybe I'm a little spoiler bummed there was alert. no Moon Knight. I heard I heard yeah. rumors for a long time Moon Knight was going to pop up, and wow. I I was hoping and praying, and I love Moon Knight. I wonder if it'll happen though, like down the line. Well, so now that it's interesting, um, now that Fox is under Disney, uh, all these characters that Disney's actually owned for a little bit now. Um, are th- like, for example, there's the big, big, big rumor right now is that um, Wesley Snipes might pop up on as, as S.H.I.E.L.D. Blade. as Blade, right? Um, which I think would be so cool. I mean, obviously, I, I, there's obviously someone out there who could probably play him now who's younger, whatever, but Blade's kind of the reason we're at where we're at with all these. I mean, yeah, you got the, you had the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the 80s or the 70s, were those seventies or sixties Christopher Reeves films? Seventies. You have the seventies Christopher Reeves films, and you have you know seventies eighties, right? Yeah, you have your you have your nineties Batman, um, but we wouldn't have what we have now with these giant superhero cinematic universes if not for Blade. Yeah, because a lot of people forget that Blade started as the comics or the graphic yeah. novels. Yeah, and and I think the really cool thing, and that was actually my first introduction to who has become one of my favorite directors, um, Guillermo del Toro. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I think Blade Two still stands up with the best of oh, any superhero. I, film. I love the Blade. It's films. a fantastic. I like them all. Film. No, I like all them too. Even the third one, which is notably pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but we wouldn't would not have Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. If not for Blade Three, yeah, because on that set, someone was like, "Hey, you should read this comic," and he was like, "Okay, yeah, thank you, whoever did that." <laughs> and actually, another graphic novel turned to the screen, I guess, is my number three, and that's Preacher, season two. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I don't know if either of you guys. I'm have... on season one. You know... I'm, only, I'm only delved a couple episodes in, but what I can say is the little bit I've seen. Um, and from how crazy it gets, because I'm not, it's not that crazy yet. But they do a really good job, yeah. and and it seems like, uh, you know, the, I mean, they take some risks. They they do take some risks. I mean, especially with Ars face. Yeah. Like seeing that, and I was like, how are they? Because I knew that when they were developing it, everyone was like, well, how are they going to do this? And mm-hmm. then then they show them, and I'm just like. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. It works. Yep. Moved on. You know, I, I, that is a show that I like the parts that I've seen, but every time I've sat down to watch the sum total has not blown me away. I think it's just you one just of those things. It's a, a slow burn, maybe. It is. A and and bit. you know what? A slow burn stuff is, is tough for me. It took me a few tries through the first couple episodes of Breaking Bad to really keep going oh, through. Yeah, I'm so funny. happy. You know, it must same, be that American. Same, same with Game of Thrones. It right? must be that American in you. Nah, it's, I, I just, well, you know, I was told, I was told that Breaking Bad was about a teacher who got cancer, start selling meth. Yeah. The first episode, 
Well, yeah, the, None that, of was, that happens. Well, I know yeah, that, I it's a setup and everything, yeah. but right. like it was a, that first season was a well, that, really. So slow you're probably not a big fan burn. of Better Call Saul, then, or are you? Are yeah, you? I kind of dropped out. I, of that I, as I well. finished. Yeah. I finished Breaking Bad. I haven't started Better Call Saul. I was one of those guys that I literally finished Breaking Bad for the first time this year. Oh wow! Yeah. Just like South Park. I'm in season seven of South Park now. You got ways to go. I'm moving though. You're like right in the right in the bulk of some of the best episodes though. No, yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. Taco Flavor Kisses. Bonito, taco, taco. Oh yeah. Don't think just because I got a lot of money. Jennifer Lopez. Kisses, honey. I love you, Ben. I love you, Ben. I love you almost as much as I love tacos. So I'm actually Mitch Cutter. Speaking of animation, my number two. <laughs> Which I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, this it's is number two. two. Yeah. It's my number two, but that's only because uh, and, I'll tell you about my number one, why my number one re- is my number one. Before he gives that information, uh, I can say that for me, uh, I can't speak for Ian, but mine was not in a chronological order. Oh. so Yeah, no, none of my li- except for Dunkirk is number one. Right. Um, but that's no, that's fine that yours was. Cause I, you, I just That's yeah. cool. Like You obviously know what you like more so than we do. <laughs> so there. <laughs> Go ahead with well, your number two. Rick and Morty, season three. Oh God, master fucking piece! By far, the one of the best seasons of animation. I, I'll say oh, this: yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, thanks, there's, thanks a lot, there's maybe two episodes that I thought were probably my least favorite Rick and Morty episodes. Um, but every other episode, I was oh. like, "Oh, this is my favorite episode ever!" From the Rick this Shank redemption all the way to the to e- the end, the Morty's the, mind blowers. Yeah. I was so oh, bummed when they God. weren't doing um, when they weren't doing interdimensional cable, and yeah. then and then. I saw that episode. They flipped it. I haven't laughed that hard since the the butter robot. Yeah, the first time I watched. Don't take that. it for granted. Uh, the, the granite thing, yeah. and then also how he says uh, menagerie. Yeah, and they, they, there's a reason because they bring it up later with the granite thing, right. and and the whole true level. Yeah. Oh my I god. I do not think. I think I was laughing for a good twenty fucking minutes. I think I really need to rewatch because they followed it up three. with the squirrels, and, right? And and oh, then that's even and, you fuck with squirrels, Morty. And that's Morty, like, Morty, like, you fucked with the squirrels. Love it. We can only we can only do this a couple times, Morty. Morty. Yeah. We got a got a what was it a ten ninety nine and possible Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's like Dan Har- Dan Harmon is kind of he wears a tinfoil hat a lot. He's their conspiracy theorist guy, you yeah. know, whatever, and and. You see that in Morty's mind blowers with the squirrels, and then in the finale when they're when Rick is fighting the president yes. oh in the White God. House. Oh. Give me the like, thing. Yeah, and they're like they're like in uh, what is it? Um, the only thing that we didn't see was uh, Lincoln's slave. Yeah, what was it? The... but they, but they showed a little bit. They hinted at the slave. But that yeah, was all. The, that was the skeleton. That was the skeletons. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the skeletons. Or was that the hooker dump or whatever? The Truman's Maybe hooker both? dump. Yeah. Maybe both, and they opened Maybe it up. There was and, like, crossover. Little kids run out. Little MK Ultra um, kids. The that that the, one of my favorite parts of that episode where he's like he's just a blah 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 who uses drone strikes to blah 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 blah, and they're like, what should we do? Should we drone strike him? No, that would prove him right <laughs> and blow him up. <laughs> I fucking love that show. I literally, it's I literally could... watched four or five episodes of that season yesterday and the day before. Yeah, I could watch that show anytime. On repeat. Yeah. Literally, the first There's episode... There's live streams of it on YouTube. I was very you 24 fortunate. 24 hours, so there was. Very fortunate. I did not have to wait the excruciatingly long wait for season three because oh, I just got into it earlier this year. You're lucky. I was at home and I was working on... So- oh, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I would have went crazy waiting mm-hmm. for this um, because my favorite show is Sherlock and I do have to wait three or four years for a fucking season. Um, yeah. 
so I was sitting at home and I just when I'm working on stuff I'll put uh, you know Adult Swim on the background because usually episodes of Family Guy I've seen a million times episodes of this I've seen a million times just working so it was the episode where you first beat the Counselor Ricks mm-hmm. so I'm watching it you know I started laughing I heard thing in the background I started kind of laughing and then within 10 minutes I was hooked I was watching it and then literally the second I finished that I found where I could watch it and binge watched the entire first two seasons in a day and a half I have not gotten that hooked on a show in a very long time. I think that and, and Legion. Um, mm-hmm. I think Legion um, is a masterpiece of television, and I think it's a fucking travesty. It didn't get nominated for um, anything at the Emmys. In fact, if I did a top five show list, Legion would be one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, actually, I that would be, I guess, if I... I could throw that into my honorable mentions. But Where was that last I wanna year? I want to go, yeah, no, that might have been 2016. Or it might have been early 2017. I just know the new season comes out in February, and I'm freaking out. It I'm so been, excited. Yeah, they just, put, they just put it on Hulu, so I was pretty excited about that. That and was. Oh. I'm going to go with my number one now, and that is Curb Your Enthusiasm. After being <laughs> off the air for several years, <laughs> and then just coming out swinging. Season nine. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, nope. Pretty, Legion, Legion came out last year pretty, in 27 pretty, February. Pretty, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty fucking good, man. That just, just oh. Damn. It was, I rarely, well, Rick and Morty does it for me. It will get me laughing to the point where, like, you know, you get the tears. But there were some episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I just was so happy that it was back. I mean, I like Funkhauser and Ted Danson and uh, J.B. Smoove's character, uh, Leon, just all so fucking hilarious, man. And it was like, honestly, maybe it was like my my mental state at the time where I really just needed like a hard laugh. But yeah, man, I definitely curb your enthusiasm tops off my list you know, Larry of television. David is absolutely hilarious. And I feel like he doesn't write. I feel like he just walks around oh, it's... And, and he just he just lives his life and he's like, Well, that'd, that'd be pretty funny and I'm uh, yeah, I'm just gonna write about how I did this. Well so much of that show is just <laughs> ad libbed and it's just his life. They just do I feel their like thing. the concepts all come from Larry David yeah. just Oh, you know, this just yeah. happened to me. I went out and did this. I just want... Yeah, someone took my shoes. Happened. There's yeah. an episode where J- Jeff just starts dressing like a cowboy, and that's all I'm going to say about it, but it's fucking great, man. It's just it's just great. But Fantastic. I want to... Let's shift the gears a little bit off the screen and onto the pages. To the page, yeah. So, yeah. Ian, what's up in the comic books? What? So, um... So for the top, my top five comic books, I did two lists, just because there's way too much fucking content to do one list... Um, you have your Marvel and DC list, and then there's an in image slash independent look list, which I think most of my books are image, I think, in the independent list. But um, so for my top five for Marvel and DC, um, want to start off with um, Shade the Changing Girl, um, by Cecil Castellucci, or mm-hmm. that's who's writing it. I forgot who's doing the art. I feel bad about that because with comics, it's really a team. That's why, like, when we had Arvel on, right. Arvel drew Misty Knight co-created the character right but someone wrote it right so um you know you're just a fucking um, tracer man (laughs) what would you Um, call it if i fucking love that movie (laughs) chasing amy is hands down my favorite kevin smith movie outside of red state um 
But yeah, so you know, Shade the Changing Girl. Technically, it's a continuation of one of my favorite runs of all time, uh, Peter Milligan's '90s Vertigo run on Shade the Changing Man. Um, Shade the Changing Changing Man's been around for a very long time, but he had a kind of a a retooling mm-hmm. in the '90s. And actually, that's where um, first time I ever saw any Jamie Hewlett arts outside of the Gorillas. He's the mm. Jamie Hewlett's the guy who co-created the Gorillas with Damon Albarn. Um, he actually did a few covers for Shade the Changing Man. Which you just got this massive I, coffee is book. Is so fucking cool. Table did you see that? The, yeah. the Last Supper Star Wars oh, photo? Oh, so fucking cool. Yeah, so awesome. I, I've been looking through that in my spare time the last couple, but it's incredible. Um, if you don't have a chance, go out and buy the Jamie Hewlett coffee table book. It's so cool. Um, not even just as a Gorillaz fan, which I'm a giant Gorillaz fan. Um, well, the artwork with the Gorillaz is all... It's amazing. Blows um, my mind. Mind-blowing dude. shit. Um, but so Shade, Shade the Changing Girl picks up where Shade the Changing Man left off. Um, to an extent. Um, and so basically in Shade the Changing Man, there's this thing called the Area of Madness. Um, and they have this thing called the M-Vest. The M-Vest manifests the madness inside of you into reality. Um, and they play on it really well in the 90s with the Shade the Changing Man series, but they picked up on it fantastically with Shade the Changing Girl. I think if even if you're not a fan and you've never read it, pick up Shade the Changing Girl. Um, it's out there. The art is incredible. The writing's fantastic. It's just that right kind of... Uh, weird mm-hmm. uh, for me i love it um and that's with the young animals imprint that dc's recently um brought back into place with um gerard way um who's the head of that he's kind of heading that um actually that's another one on my list is um is doom patrol um written by gerard way if, if you don't know who gerard way is he's the lead singer of my chemical romance and for some reason he's a really good comic book writer um doom patrol another great concept that's been around for a very hmm? nothing that's been around for a very long time, and um, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, um, and then you know you have this isn't a run that started this year, um, but it it sounds like it's ending the beginning of next year. But it's been continuously amazing. Is Jason Aaron's run on Thor? Um, it started all the way back with Mar- Marvel now a couple of years ago, but it's just as strong as it ever has been. Um, you have the whole mighty Thor and worthy Thor where Thor lost the hammer and he wasn't worthy anymore. And all of a sudden a female Thor popped up and it's like, who's this female Thor? And it turned out to be Jane Foster. And now mm. she's kind of dying. Um, it is, it's been an epic run that's been going on for a handful of years. Jason Aaron's a fantastic writer. He, um, he did the Wolverine and the X-Men series that mm-hmm. came out a few years ago, which was incredible. Yeah, that was a good series. Um, oh yeah. Great, great series. Um, I was so bummed when they ended it. Um, so, you know, it, that was great. Um, and then, of course, for me, the it, Amazing Spider-Man by Dan Slott. Um, it's been through various books, you know, Superior Spider-Man, this, that, which is a couple years ago now. but um, And it survived a few reboots and relaunches and this and that. But his run on the character is nothing short of seminal. Um, if you love Spider-Man, if you love comics, mm-hmm. try and... It goes all the way back to 2008, but try and read it. It is... If you like Spider-Man period it is the it is up there with claremont's x-men run and grant morrison and snyder's batman run and it is amazing and it's coming to an end next year and i could not be more bummed um all good things must come to an end yeah absolutely and and i used to be a big marvel guy i read a lot more dc and image now but the one book i have never stopped reading since i was five or four um five i think is is amazing spider-man i've never missed an issue and i've went through the motions of buying it for years when it wasn't that great, but I'm so happy I stuck around because Dan Slott's run is amazing. Yeah, you talk about Dan Slott a lot in his in his run. His Spider Man run is 
it's I love it to death. He's introduced some huge, huge, huge elements to the character's life that are paramount to his story. Now he's taken Spider Man and given his potential. Like you know, there's part there was Parker Industries, and he kind of put him on a level playing field with Iron Man and took that away from him. And and you know, whatever when you need the superior Spider Man and put Doc Ock in his body, everyone's like, oh, he's saying that Doc Ock's the best Spider Man villain. No, but he followed it up with probably one of the best Green Goblin storylines since he dropped Gwen Stacy off the fucking bridge. Um, <laughs> The guy knows how to write the character. The guy knows how to guide the character. I'm so, so bummed that he's not doing it anymore. Um, and so after that, um, this one's a little different. This one's a various writers. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's DC Metal. Um, DC Metal's an event that kind of was set up. No, it wasn't kind of. It was set up by by um, Scott Snyder um, in his new 52 Batman run. Mm-hmm. And even harkens back to some of Grant Morrison's stuff that he did during his run. Um I say various writers because there's only been four issues of metal so far, but right. it, normally when you have an event, there's a million tie-ins, and most of them aren't worth reading. Right. I've read every tie-in for this so far. They're all incredible. Um, they're all great, great, great stories on their own, let alone connecting to the larger story. Um, basically, you find out—I'm not going to spoil anything more than this, but you find out that there is a dark multiverse— Hmm. as a, akin to the multiverse that DC has already. Um, That's dope. And I'll leave it at that. And it's really, really... That just sounds dope. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I just you get alternate. Ver- you get alternate versions of Batman, like the the Batman who laughs. It's like a Jokerized version of the character. You get like a Green Lantern version character. It's really cool. Just the words dark multiverse. Right. Mm. It gives you the chills. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, but yeah, if, if you're a comic book <laughs> fan, period, and if you've ever, ever dabbled in anything DC, go go read this event. It is incredible. Um, and it sounds like this will be the definitive end to Scott Snyder's Batman story, which started a handful of years ago in the New wow. 52. Um, I can't wait. DC's killing it right now. I mean, I, I just finally, I got to read issue two of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Holy fuck. It's so good. Um, some giant characters coming back to life in that. Um, I guess it, 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 yeah, I'm debating whether or not I should say it or not. Cause it's, it's don't cause it's, I want, I'm it's yeah. a, well, here's the thing though. It's one of those things where it, it spoils a tiny bit, but it also creates so many more questions mm. that I think it's almost worth it to talk about. Um, but I'll leave it. We'll talk about it next week. Um, Sounds good. All right. Yeah. And, so uh, so yeah, that's that's that. So oh, as far no, as sorry, so that was your Marvel, Marvel list. One, yeah. What about your independent list? The independent list, um, the top of the list, um, is Seven to Eternity. It's the new book from Rick Remender and Jerome Pena. Um, they they are actually responsible for my legitimate favorite run ever from a comic book outside of Black Science because I fucking love that right. book. That's also Rick Remender, fucking awesome. Is um is there? They did um, Uncanny X Force. A couple of years ago, mm. when they brought the, the team back, and it is probably my favorite comic book run of all time. Um, they brought back uh, Dark Dark Angel. Um, there's a whole thing with Apocalypse. You, you get really Phantom X got brought back into the main gist of things. It's they're essentially this Uncanny X Force is the X Men's hit squad. Right. So the same creative team who did that did Seven to Eternity. Um, I'm only a couple issues in right now. Um, it's incredible. The art's great. Right. Um, if you're a fan of Remender or Opeña as an artist, check this book out. And it's like we were talking, you and I, earlier outside. Like, I feel like the independent stuff and the image stuff is is less daunting of a task to get into if you're yes. if you're newer to comics. Yeah. Like I'm newer to comics. I'm not mm-hmm. ashamed no, to it's, admit it. No, it's because we were talking. Like you said, we were talking yeah. about it earlier. When you look at Marvel and DC, Marvel has a straightforward timeline. Yep. These are the characters' histories. But at the same time. 
you have DC yeah. and you have the Golden Age, Silver Age, and like <coughs> DC Batman has eight different fucking bats. I mean, you know, he has the whole parents died in alley, blah blah blah. But like the stories of how this character came to be, how that character came to be, wildly differ right. from post crisis, pre crisis, rebirth, New Fifty Two. Yeah, you could. There's you have, so many. You could go into any of those. So with many. Some preconceived notion of something and yeah. you'd be totally, totally fucking wrong. off. Absolutely. And you're like, what the fuck am I reading? Absolutely. And even now, it's even more confusing. Right. Um, with the whole rebirth going on and them trying to incorporate it into Doomsday Clock and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, and then the next two books are a set of Brian K. Vaughn books because that guy is just astonishing comic book writer. Paper Girls, which actually started a few years ago. That started when I was still at the comic book store. When I was oh. at the comic book store, it was really good. Um, and then, not to quickly gloss over Paper Girls because it's great. If you haven't read it, read it. Saga. Saga is now in its fourth or fifth year, and it is still just mm-hmm. as strong and good as it ever has been. Um, if you like sci-fi books, read this book. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things you, you you watch and you read or you watch a medium of sci-fi. There's a set defined, this could happen in this universe. The beauty of Saga is that anything could happen in these books. Literally mm-hmm. anything. There's characters, a whole royal race of people who have televisions for head heads their one of their babysitters was a fucking ghost they their one at one point their their ship was a fucking rocket tree it's it's an incredible book with an imagination that i don't think is matched anywhere else i love that type of creativity when you just just whatever no holds bar yeah let's just see what the fuck yeah whatever it's it's like giving a child like a magic paintbrush right and just saying like you can create any kind of story you want and you know, I I love that. That's I what I loved about Black Science. Is I love it, Black Science. It's like Jeff. all the different possibilities. Oh, it's so it's just good. Like, it's oh, man, so just, good. It's, it's just fun to read. Um, so that leads me to my next book. Um, and th- I think this is actually the only image list, the one that's not image, um, on my independent list, and that's Black Hammer from Jeff Lemire. Okay. Um, Jeff Lemire is an astonishing writer. Um. He's done some of my favorite runs the last handful of years, um, but this book it's if it's a really cool take on um, like golden age heroes. Hmm. Um, yeah, you can pick out which hero it's based on. What it's it's great. So is this a standalone graphic novel? No, no, okay. no. It, it's it's an ongoing series. Okay. Um, that being said, I I can't imagine Jeff Lemire being so busy. I'm not sure how long it'll run for. Right. Um, but you never know. Um, it's great. It's really cool. It's 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 sort of like what Watch what Alan Moore did with Watchmen, taking the Charleston characters and changing them around a little bit. Um, side note, theory is that Doctor Manhattan's been running around the DC universe as Captain Adam for however long, but we'll see how that plays out. Hmm. Not that's not a spoiler from yeah. the book. That's just a rumor. But this time he's wearing pants. But this time he's wearing pants. Um, and then the last. <laughs> The last one on my list is, it's actually been out for a few years now, but still just as great as ever is The Wicked and the Divine from mm. Kieran Gillen. Um, it's it's about basically these gods that get reincarnated every handful of years, and they take different, so like now when they came back, they became back as like pop stars and musicians and all that stuff. It's really good book. Um, could not speak more highly of it. Any of the books on this list, and and honestly, I could have went on for days. Right, there's so many good comics. That I, I haven't even like, you know, you have, with the emergence of Image, you have the emergence of Black Mask comics. You have the emergence of Boom, um, all these small publishers that are just, 
and it's funny when I was doing my research for this one book that kept popping up on all these top 10 lists I haven't read yet is the Flintstones apparently there's a Flintstones comic that's out right now that's really good interesting yeah I haven't read it is the animation style of it the same no as... it looks more realistic okay yeah how do you do... That's well weird. I mean I... it's just like when they put Elmer Fudd in the Batman which comics. have you read that no holy crap that was great um, if, really? if that wasn't if if I did a third list of like standalone stories, that it would have been on there for sure. It was wow. great. It's it's a noir story. It's it's you got to take it for what it is. You right. know, it's Elmer Fudd and fucking Batman. Right. You know, it's like um a couple years ago. Maybe it was that this year. Maybe last year, or this year when they did the Ninja Turtles Batman crossover. That was That's great too. Cool. But I mean, I I can see that more so than I can see Elmer oh, Fudd. Oh yeah, Batman. absolutely. But oh, they did hey, it Batman. seamlessly. When it came out, I think it was getting like nines oh, and tens all over the place. Waskoy Batman. Waskoy Batman. Waskoy Wobbin. But yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's the comic comic list as I saw it this wow. year. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty good uh, list. Thank you, sir. Well, in nerdery and geekery, I think we should throw it back to the screen, but the more interactive screen. Andy, you got a list of video games, don't this you, Bob? This guy's the king of segues. I, I do. <laughs> And there he is, pointing him out again. I love you so much. I had to do it. No, it's, it's, the end of the year it's dope. It's dope. Maybe Works. so. Uh, you know, like I, as, clueless charm is what people love. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, I, I do a segment on the show called Andy's Nintendo's or Don'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just play Nintendo games. I do play games across all platforms. Um, it's true. And but I have to say. And again, this list is not in any particular order, but first on my list is going to be Super Mario Odyssey. That game was a game that was hyped up so much. They're saying it's it's like it's like Super Mario 64. It is it is the best game of the year. People were giving it perfect 10s. And so I picked it up midnight and played it for like 10 minutes before I went to sleep and I was like holy crap, this game has so much potential. I've heard yeah. nothing but amazing. Just just the fact it. that, you know, taking an element I, an iconic element of Mar- of Mario uh, is his hat right. and making that a character yeah, and brilliant. an ability and it's just the game is it's the perfect amount of difficult with the perfect amount of ease right. so and you feel a sense of accomplishment that it was it was just hard enough to make you feel good that you did it, but it wasn't like I'm gonna pull my hair out. Right. The the worlds are great. You know they have uh, they have like a cook like a food kingdom where like you're interacting with a bunch of like carrot chefs and stuff. And uh, there's there's a there's like a human kingdom. Right. Where it's just like normal people walking around and stuff like that. Um, I gotta ask on just a personal level uh-huh. is. Is that game alone worth buying a Switch for? I would say so. Yeah, it almost convinced me to. Yeah, here's here's why sure, here's why too. here's why I'll say this: the story is fantastic because what is Bowser always trying to do? He's always trying to steal Peach. Why? Yeah. Why is he trying to steal Peach? Because he wants to marry Peach. Oh right, right. You know he's capturing the princess. So he's in this game. He's trying to marry the princess. Mm-hmm. So you go through the game. You beat the game. And I thought. Okay, this is over, and I love this game, and there's like probably no replayability. And then you find that the game continues, and you get brought to uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, which is the kingdom that everybody already right. knows. And then there you can revisit old kingdoms. You can visit new. There are new kingdoms after the story's over that you can oh, visit. That's awesome. And and it's just you, the whole premise is just collecting these moons, which are like stars in the right the first uh, Mario sixty four. But it's just. It's that much fun where it's just like there's little Easter eggs and there's little hidden things and then there's 
some of the levels have interactive vehicles and not to mention all the creatures that you throw your hat at and you become them. Um, and, and my personal favorite is becoming Bowser at the end of the game and getting to play as Bowser. Oh, that's cool. That's really and, cool. And just this giant, like, Bowser that, you know, can just thrash and break rocks and do all this stuff. Absolutely terrific game. If you do not own a Nintendo Switch and you want that game, go buy one today. It is fantastic. 10 out of 10. It is a perfect game to me. Uh, but and and not surprisingly, the the next game on my list mm. is not is also a Nintendo Switch title, uh, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yep, that's <clears> another <throat> one that I was going to ask, worth buying a Switch for. First game I bought for the Switch, I bought Switch yep. store, bought the game, bought the, the season pass, mm-hmm. and it was a very smart move on Nintendo's part to lead with such a strong title. Yeah, the uh, the fact that they're doing DLC for it mm-hmm. and expanding the story. And adding in new things like they just added in like basically it's like a motorcycle but it looks like a horse, hmm. um, because the whole uh, game is is centered around these like ancient machines that uh, you you interacted with in the past and that were were created to help protect the kingdom and that now are evil. So that's a huge element of it. I mean the open worldness of it. The first time that they've taken the attempt of making a full open world style game where you can go anywhere at any time mm-hmm. and you can go and you can try to fight Ganon right at the beginning, Calamity Ganon, and you will die, but you can try. But it's just the fact Pretty that cool. you can go in and you can explore these lands and you know the map opens up as you do. And it's they have the, uh, the checkpoints like in Assassin's Creed where you climb up these towers and mm-hmm. you look around. And then that's how you get more area of the map filled out. Uh, the side missions and things like that are a lot of fun. And and, and the, the element of, of breakable weapons, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a huge fan of that. I am a fan. Like, I wish you could repair them after they broke instead of losing them. No, I've played that game a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that you, the selection of weapons. It seems yes. like they give you a pretty wide variety of things to battle with. They do. They give you and and all the other races that have their own weapons like right. there's and a you trident can... you can get from the Zora people. Right. But the, I just wish that when you the things broke they'd stay your stay in your inventory, you just have to get them repaired. That would be cool. That would be nice. But oh well, the crafting mechanic for the food and also just getting all the different types of clothing and stuff. Now let me ask you a question about the Switch. They don't really focus too much on the online gameplay, or do they? Well, they do. Um, uh, this isn't on my list, but I do own uh, Super Mario uh, Kart, Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. I own Splatoon 2. Um, and those games you can play online. Now, it's set up a little bit differently than, like, the Xbox Live and right. the PlayStation Online. Do you have to pay for it? You don't. That's At awesome. least right at this moment, you don't. They were There, there were some things floating around about having to pay for some form of service but they're not whatever that was it, they weren't going to put it into effect until 2018 mm. um, I'm not even sure if that's like a pay to play subscription so don't take don't quote me on that uh, but they just added Hulu to, yeah, to awesome. that so and I think Netflix is coming soon but like and I watched Hulu on my switch and it was great it was fantastic yeah. and so like they're they're building they're building a different type of online community that's more f- game focused rather than uh, like Xbox has like groups and uh, yeah. live streaming and stuff like that you can watch. 
Um, there's also rumors floating around that the Switch is going to be VR capable, whereas Ooh. they're going to build like a headset and you take the screen of the Switch and, and you pop it in there and you oh, use your man. Joy-Cons as controllers. There have been uh, rumored uh, blueprints that have came out for uh, getting trademarks and stuff like that. Interesting. Uh, not only that, but the dock has that that big port that opens up that you can plug stuff into that they're thinking maybe that's going to be like the N64 where they had expandable memory. Right. And I mean, especially if your system isn't as power heavy as the other two consoles, mm-hmm. you know, making it so if you want it to be power heavy and play certain games, you know, make it, you have to dock it. Right. But the majority of the games can go handheld, which I love. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the next game on my list uh, is a Microsoft uh, game exclusive. Uh, you can get it on uh, Microsoft Store. You can get it for Xbox. Uh, it's Cuphead. Mm. And, and Cuphead is fantastic if you are an art lover. And I know this is something that you dig. Yep. Uh, it's an old 19, you know, 1920s, 1930s animation style uh, where, where you've got the scratches on the screen and the hair and the dirt from the film. And you're playing as these old-style cartoon characters, basically, these cups. And right. The, the premise is you, uh, you and your brother, Cuphead and Mugman, went to the Devil's Casino. Mm-hmm. And they wagered their souls uh, because they were winning a crap so much. And then uh-huh. they lost their souls, and so the Devil was going to take them. They were like begging, please, please, no. And then he's like, fine, go reclaim these other souls for me. Right. And I'll think about letting you have your souls. And so basically you're trying to defeat all these like these guys that owe soul contracts to the devil. And and it's just, you know, but it's so difficult. The game is so hard. People, you know, will say that it's akin to Dark Souls 3 where the level of difficulty Really? Yeah, I just got to watch you guys play to look difficult. It's so. hard. Yeah. I mean, because there's just so many little... It's a side-scroller, mm-hmm. but there's so many little things that come at the screen. You got to time things just right. Oh, so and it's, some of the hardest games are side-scroller It's games. so frustrating at times, yeah. but it's a fantastic game. It's beautiful. The music is fantastic. Um, the little voiceovers that they do, the you're up and thank you. Just like it's all reminiscent to like you're watching... Like an old school cartoon, mm-hmm. so and I think that they really played off of that, and they made a really good call, and it's a really big payoff. Um, next on my list uh, would be uh, another non-Switch title, mm-hmm. uh, Destiny Two. Uh, I got this game for PlayStation Four originally. Um, I have it for PC now, and you know there were I bought Destiny the first Destiny, and I was so excited because it's like there's spaceships and there's shooting. First person shooter and 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 it's an RPG element, and then you found out I found out oh you can't actually fly the ship and that's the big thing. I'm a huge like flight spaceship simulator yeah. guy. Yeah, same. And when once I lost that element, I was like, uh, the first Destiny wasn't that great. It was good, I but I I lost interest in it really quick, and the, I wasn't super jazzed about the story either. It did make me want to continue after I beat the main story to right. some of the other uh, DLC, but Destiny two. Um, Really, just takes a nice, interesting turn where it's like you're you're a guardian, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the everything is destroyed by these uh, race aliens whose name escapes me. Yeah, my PS4 just prompted me to ask ask me if I wanted to buy Destiny Two last, last night. So it's do you want to buy this? It's it's I, maybe you know if it if it was Nintendo or don't I'd give it a Nintendo. Um, it's it's a, it's an improvement from the first one, mm-hmm. and I love Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion voices He's one of the characters, awesome. and in the commercials, like the thing that really sold me was like 
they were doing the back and forth between the serious guy and Nathan Fillion. And then Nathan Fillion's like, who's with me? And then nobody said anything. And then he's like, there will be a lot of loot. And then everyone's like, yeah. And that's essentially what that game is about, is about like doing all these runs and trying for better pieces of armor and guns and things like that. So Destiny 2, is it worth your time? I think so. Uh, it's on my top five for the year of 2017. And last but not least was a game that, you know, when it when it when it was it came out, I was just so like just seeing the early images, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And that would be Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. That game is just so much damn fun. Another open world game uh, where you 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 play as a, a female named Aloy in the future. Oh, uh, what a good game! And you are hunting these animals that are actually robots. Uh, and you use a bow and arrow, but it's like, it's it's an it's a fusion of ancient technology and modern technology, and and the story is absolutely incredible because you're like, is this just some alternate universe? Is this some alternate timeline? You know, like what is where in time is this? And then it, as it progresses, because you're basically trying to, they think this computer is their god, mm-hmm. and and it's like almost recognizes her as a hundred percent match to get in to it and they they're like this is a sign from the god you know but it's actually a computer scanning her dna code and and so just just this girl's mission is fantastic you know viewing these different cultures and and things like that uh is terrific i loved the uh it was kind of like a nordic uh mythology type thing with how their how their society ran um how they raise their children and how they train them and the trials they put them through. Right. Um, the weapons are great. Uh, they have, it's all, you know, it's all bow and arrow based stuff. Right. Uh, they did have like a slingshot that you could use. It would lob these bombs. They had these trip casters that you could stake two parts in the ground. And then if a monster tripped through the line, it would explode or it would electrocute them or it, it sounds would like something that's like freeze. you'd be using in a post apocalyptic scenario. Yeah, but know. it's basically and then you hunt these animals and you salvage their parts right. and and that's how you get, you know, you know, you have to grab sticks and you have to grab metal from the robots so you can make arrowheads and arrows and and you have to grab the different type of uh, cooling elements and uh, the heating elements from the robots to make the different Types of weapons and things like that. So, if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, it's great. They're doing DLC for it, um, and it's it's just a whole lot of fun. Now, there's something I wanted to ask you because it's not off topic, but you were mentioning how you love flight games and things like that. Have you did you play Star Fox for the Switch? Because that's something that was a title I was looking at around uh, the ho- around Christmas. Uh, is it? No, that Fox... was on Wii U. My bad. Yeah, that Star was Fox Wii U. Is not out for the Switch. Yeah, I was looking at that. No, uh, never mind. You know, there, there's been Silly s- there's been some Silly rumors me. floating around. I mean, the uh, Star Fox for the Wii U, I don't think did very well. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think that 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 could happen, and it would be really interesting to see some type of. Because uh, I love good, Star Fox on 64. Right. That was great. Like, a really, if you're really into, the, obviously this isn't on my list, but because uh, it came out a while ago, but uh, there's a game called Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's out for PlayStation, it's out for Xbox, and it's mm-hmm. out for PC. And a lot of the hardcore people play on PC, and I actually have what's called the Thrustmaster, and it sounds extremely sexual, but it's not. But it's a joystick and thruster control, 
That's actually Man. your nickname at home, isn't it? Thrustmaster. Yeah. That's what my wife calls me. Yeah. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Get get out of my house. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I'm trying to do things. Anyways, uh, but hanging the, up my voyeur hat. There you go. <laughs> but so you know, I I play it on the PC and I love it because you know it's a full space simulator. Um, you have to do things like raise your landing gear, lower your landing gear, uh, adapt for gravity. Uh, you have to you have to be at a certain speed approach. You can't go too fast. You have to land. You have to hail the base to land at it and stuff. And then they added this other element to it with an add-on that you can actually use a microphone. You can talk to your ship. And they have different celebrities that read for the ship's AI, including William Shatner does one. Oh, nice. Uh, The guy who plays Data from Star Trek does one. Uh, They have a couple other Star Trek people. Uh, One of the doctors from Doctor Who, I believe it's the... uh, uh, doctor one, two. I think it's the fourth doctor. How many doctors have there been? Uh, we are Six. we are about to go on to our Thir- thir- technically oh. it's the thirteenth the four- oh, thir- doctor. She's called the thirteenth, but she's actually the fourteenth. Yeah. So we're about to, you know, but um, yeah, that's the fourth doctor, right? Um, which one? Scarf. Yeah, that's Jelly Babies. Doctor. Yeah. Um, why can't I think of his name? My wife's gonna kill me. If you're watching this, uh, wife, I'm so sorry. But uh, Peter, da- no, no, not Peter Davidson. Is it Peter Davidson? Might be Peter Davidson. I hope so. We're all gonna do a quick Google search, and uh, nope, it is not. Uh, <laughs> this is embarrassing. This is very embarrassing. Oh, it is. Wait, no, it's Tom Baker. Oh my God. Uh, here's my nerd card. But yeah. Tom Baker does uh, does an AI voice, and you can like talk to it and say like thrusters thirty six percent, and it's like or twenty five percent increasing thrusters to twenty five percent. You know, you can tell it to arm your your weapons. You can tell it to you know chart your navigation points. It's just an absolutely wonderful game if you like space simulators. There's one for free. Awesome. So two thousand seventeen has been pretty remarkable. We've Launched with new radio media, a little soft launching. A soft launch. We've uh, started Geektainment Weekly. Yeah. Episode 11 today. Episode 11. Mm-hmm. We have created a trio of awesomeness between the three of us. That's true. If I do say so myself. I would agree with that statement. And we've had a really fucking good time. I think so. You know? And, uh... Any honorable mentions in this last... Uh, oh, yeah. Happy birthday. 95th birthday to Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. oh, Excelsior, Ian. Thank you so much. I'm Stan Lee. I uh, I, I, I had sex with uh, with Jack Kirby's wife. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I created Spider-Man and and uh, in the Fantastic Four. And mm-hmm. I, I'm telling Any you... Any Marvel character that has a double alliteration of their name. Matt Murdock. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Don't tell me how to live my life, son. Bruce Banner. I'll pow you in the mouth. Happy Hogan. Oh, yeah. Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a fan of alliteration. Oh, what? yeah, who isn't? What are we excited about for 2018? Um, Every Marvel movie. Westworld. Season two. Infinity War. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Infinity War. In fact, you know, and maybe Black that's Panther. maybe that'll be our next week's episode is what we're looking forward to in 2018. Well, I think yeah. you're right. I, think I like that. Right. Let's... Let's hold off on that then. Well, it has been a fantastic year. 
been a great 11 first episodes with Ooh. you two gentlemen and the rest of you out there in eh, the seven, ether. Seven of them are okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, big thanks to Jake, who runs this show. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he silently comments online and text message, but we just ignore him. It's all right, though. <laughs> You'll get to meet Jake in the new year. Don't Jake you worry. Jake versus everybody. And um, I'm R.D. Van Houten. I'm Ian Benzman. And I'm Andy Bishop. And you guys have a great New Year's, and we will see you in 2018. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Excelsior! Peace.